Welcome back to Let's Get Haunted with your host, Matt Strawn and Allie. Welcome back, guys, to episode. Guess. Guess what number episode it is. Why do we do this? Is. Why do we this need to tell them This is episode? episode 94. You guessed wrong. No, er, this is a serious out of time. question. Out of time. Why do we need to tell them the episode? That way, in your you opinion. Know, people know what episode it is. What's wrong with telling them what episode it is? I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. I'm just wondering what the motivation is because every single episode we start wondering what episode it is. I didn't wonder. I was testing you. Okay. Yeah. You guys, we're at, we're, we don't agree on whether or not we should say the episode clearly. Well, let us know in the comments below if you think that it's uh, a fruitless task for right. us to say what episode number it is. Yeah, sure. Let us know. Next well, year in January is going to be episode 100, and oh. I'm very excited for that. Oh, and then we can start over so it'll be easy. It'll be like, what episode is it? Episode 101. Exactly. That's really depressing to me. Why haven't we been picked up yet? Yeah. Why are we still doing this? <laughs> All I know is that nothing will ever be better than episode 69 on 420. So yeah, everything else has been downhill since then. Did you listen to any of those motivational YouTube videos that I sent you? I did not, but I saw them. You sent them to me and I will listen to them eventually. Please don't play them right now. I want to play one. No. No. It's so good. No. I saw that it was like a screenshot of like a lion jumping and then yeah. a man just looking like very intensely at the Yeah, no, they're camera. like, they're just like make you feel like you're on crack cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> I spoke about it in the last episode, which is why I'm bringing it up. I was basically saying how like they make anything you're doing feel like so, so intense and like so important. Right. You know, so I'm just driving across town and it's like... Your mentality will affect your disposition in life. You don't think you can't do it. I don't know what he's fucking saying. But yeah. he's, he's yelling and I'm getting excited. Right. I mean, he could be yelling anything. Yeah. And it would be like getting everyone pumped up. Right. Exactly. French fries are too expensive. And you're like, that's right. It yeah. is. I feel like if I had a coach, like a life coach like that, that was just hyping me up, then maybe maybe life would be very different. Okay. So I have only ever met one life coach in fairness to this shit I'm about to talk. But I feel like a lot of life coaches have no life experience. Really? Yeah. I met this one girl. She's like a family friend of someone I was dating. And she was like, oh, yeah, like I'm getting into like life coaching now and like doing this and doing that. And I was looking at her and I was like, you just got done telling me about how like you can't hold down a job. Your son hates you. Like, why yeah. are you becoming a life coach? I don't want you to be coaching me about my life. They say if you can't do teach. That's right? hey. Well, guys, we did our lupus walk yesterday. Yes, we did. We raised $1,210, I believe. Yeah. And I met baby Enzo for the first time, which was very exciting. Was it? Yeah, of course. I saw an, a donation came in that I hadn't shouted out yet. Let me just shout out everybody one more time because I'm not sure who it was and these show up in alphabetical order so there's no way to know. We have Elena B, Ali T, Amanda G, Amber O, Anonymous, 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 Ashley R, Caroline H, Femi H, Hal B, Hannah G, Jacob O, Jesse H, Kelsey, Leslie N, Maria O, Mariah and John, Nat S, 
Paige K, Patricia Militia, Robin Hood, Sabrina P, Sean H, and Zach M. Thank you all so much for helping us raise yeah. money this year for our charity of choice. Yes. It was Lupus Foundation of America, and we raised over $1,200. Amazing. So thank you so much yeah. for doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you guys, that was a fucking mission to do that with a five-month-old. Yes. It was, you know, I don't turn down a challenge when it comes to things with children because I think if you start being like, well, if I can't travel when I have a baby, then, like, you're not going to travel. Or right. if you're like, oh, I can't dress this way because I'm a mom. Or, like, I shouldn't do this because da 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 Like, I'm, I'm not about that. So when I found out that we were going to go do a trail and that it was going to be, like, in the great outdoors, I was like, you know what? This is, I'm going to do it. Yeah, yeah. And we did it. And yeah. you know what? My voice is a little scratchy today from all, from of all the, the dust. dust yes you guys it was like a dust bowl yeah. it was like being in a dust bowl and then imagine if the dust bowl had just like a blazing hot sphere of plasma that was just baking you yeah. at like 88 degrees fahrenheit you know imagine <laughs> the sun just being really fucking hot yeah uh, but you want to know it's really fucked up so you know yesterday was like 90 degrees when we were yeah. hiking today the high in that same area is 74 I mean, that's why I think we're, <laughs> it was just supposed to be that way. Yeah. It was like, you know what? You guys wanted to do this nice thing for charity. Yeah. Fuck you. Well, let's see how bad you really right. wanted to do this. Like, how good of people are you actually? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. But we did it. Yeah. And it's all because of you guys. So thank you so much for donating. Don't forget to print off your receipts if you donated. That way you can claim them on your taxes. Maybe the universe like misunderstood what we were doing and it was like, they raised money for lupus? They, what assholes? They want lupus to be even stronger? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so then it scorched us. But we did it. We, we did, did it. it. And we have cute pictures. Yeah. We did. I posted it in the fan discord in the alley alley, which is where we hang out with the men in black yeah. and like a uh, shades and um, suits and we act real creepy and I posted the photo there and I said thank you to everyone. Oh nice. And so if you guys aren't a member of the fan discord I can't send you a link because I had sent out too many links and then some like weird people got through to the server oh. so now I'm just like too afraid to send out links anymore. Yeah I think it should be a challenge to get to the discord. It's like if you're yeah. willing to find out how to get to the discord then and you like, deserve it. Yeah it's like you know Lord of the Rings like it's like a fucking mission yeah and if you pass the mission you're worthy it's like you need to nick cage your way into yes. this discord yeah you gotta find the map on the back of the declaration of independence you've got to break into wherever the declaration of independence is currently right. being held i don't know <laughs> is the it answer. in like a museum probably I, it's, somewhere. i'm sure i'm sure it's got to be in a museum yeah i i'm glad if it's in a museum because otherwise how do we even know it's real is it just like the holy grail where yeah. it's like this mythical thing you know what it may not exist. Yeah, who this, knows? Maybe that's the new conspiracy theory that we'll cover on the right. show. Everyone's like, is that constitutional? It's like, is the Constitution even real? Oh, shit. Yeah. Bet you never even thought of that. Right. Well, that's why you're <laughs> listening to our show. We're here to expand your mind into believing things that probably didn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it'll definitely, if beliefs are spectrum, this is going to really extend your spectrum i agree it's going to stretch the limits of, of what you thought was possible right. for two dumb hoes talking <laughs> for two hours but wouldn't you rather listen to two dumb hoes talking about what we're going to talk about rather 
than just like your typical dumb ho stuff. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. also imagine two dumb hoes talking about like politics. Mm, Ma- man, no. that would be a disaster. Imagine if we had like a political commentary show. I can't. So I, I think literally kill myself. No. <laughs> so I think this is the best case scenario. Yeah. We're here to bring you uh, the most haunted shit ever about ghosts, vampires, werewolves, cryptids, mm. conspiracies. conspiracies. True crime. True crime on occasion. Really old history. An old, old wooden ship, in the words of Ron Burgundy, (laughs) and a trap door in a crumbling castle. Medieval torture devices. Mm -hmm. Anything you can find on Wikipedia. (laughs) If it's on Wikipedia, we've perused it. Creepypasta, ghost stories. Also, speaking of, I wanted to say happy December, everybody. Yes. Today is our first episode of December. It is the first week of December, and the year is almost over. Over. Right, I know, and it's coming to a close. <sighs> I don't even know what to do about it. It yeah. just, it I just, just happens with whether happening. you care or not, or whether you want it to or not. It's just happening. I read something on Twitter the other day, which is always a mistake, yeah. but it said millennials are having like a really hard time because, and it listed a bunch of different things, and I was like, okay, some of this is bullshit, but. The one thing that they said is that for people who are like entering, like we're getting past young adulthood right now, that because of the pandemic, time is simultaneously going really fast and really slow. So we're like having trouble getting into like a typical adult activities or like typical adult attire or whatever. Like we just don't know what the fuck we're doing. We're like caught between like I'm still stuck in two years ago for sure. I feel like as soon as the pandemic started, time froze. Yeah. Yeah. I still think it's 2019 in my head. I'll be talking to people and I'll be like, oh yeah, last year. And I'm talking about something that happened in 2019. Why don't we just get these years scrubbed from the record? We should. Time is a human construct. All right. We can unconstruct it. We absolutely can. We can dismantle it and fucking burn it. It doesn't need to be here right now (laughs) agreed i want to shout out our donors before i forget we have stephanie n brianne m samantha p and maria o thank you all so much if you guys want to get in your donations before the end of the year you got to do it fast yeah and i want to shout out once again shelby h and brielle s Thank you guys so much for donating. Really appreciate all of your donations. As you guys know, I know I'm probably like preaching to the choir here, but maybe there's one new person who doesn't know. could be. This is like 100% listener funded. Also just Nat and Alyssa funded. And (laughs) and we're not like doing annoying things with your money. Like, you know, we we spend our own money to even buy our coffee, buy our clothes, like all of that. So you don't have to worry about whether or not it's going towards anything that's not haunted. Exactly. Yeah. It's going towards our studio time. We do record in a studio now. Uh-huh. And I just had to buy a new XLR cable for our remote recording setup. So it goes towards stuff like that. I actually can't even think of a time I would have spent money on coffee, except for somebody sent us a Starbucks gift card to the P.O. box. Mm. And I have been using that for my green tea. Yeah. So if you would like to send us Starbucks gift cards or Crystal's P.O. box, 1658 Camarillo, California, 93011, address it to let's get haunted mm-hmm. in years past you had to put my name on there but i've worked out a deal with the guy at the post office oh, wow. and now you can send it to let's get haunted oh wow lgh x usp 
USPS. Yeah, yeah. USPS. Wow. wow. What a collab. I know. Yeah. It's incredible. Super incredible. Wow. Well, if you guys would like to buy our merch or donate to us, you can go to letsgethaunted.com. You know the drill. There's links in the description box below. Yeah. Hell yeah. Hell are yeah, you, brother. Are you ready to get into this episode? Super ready. Oh, great. Okay. So for this episode, I have put together a little Christmas spectacular. And if you don't celebrate Christmas, you can today. Yeah. And also it's going to be kind of sad. But, you know, that I just want to preface that with trigger warnings, even though I feel like I shouldn't have to because like the precursor to something being haunted is like death. Right. 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 So this is going to be um, a story that includes death and also Christmas. In my research, though, did you know that people used to tell ghost stories? on Christmas as like part of the tradition like you think like Yuletide like eggnog all that and also ghost stories were a big part of that that's really interesting I did not know that but as you were saying that I was like well I guess that makes a lot of sense with like a Christmas carol that like super popular movie that I'm sure was a story before that yes yeah oh it was Charles Dickens yeah Yeah. Charles Dickens yeah so you know that song that's like it's the most wonderful time of the year and then it's like there'll be and scary ghost stories oh Oh, they say that yeah i had no clue yeah wow they do because it's like part of the tradition and i was looking into why which has no like anything to do with this episode at all but that's what happens when i'm researching that's fine i'm interested now i'm curious (laughs) why why is it associated with ghost stories they said because christmas used to be on the winter solstice there's like lots of pagan traditions that are interwoven into the celebration of christmas because basically the christians were like all that shit you're doing, we're probably not going to stop because it looks fucking cool and fun. Yeah, yeah. So we're just going to change it to something else. Yeah. Like, Jesus in a manger. Yeah. There's a tree with ornaments and also right. a ghost may come and yeah. wave chains in your face. I feel like that's what a Christmas yeah, chain was about. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The ghost of Christmas past. So I guess like because of these pagan festivals, people would talk about the year past and it's mm-hmm. like the winter is symbolic of like a time of closing because the fall is all about harvest and abundance but it's Mm -hmm. also about like preparing for the winter and then the winter is about like the year end and it's a time to uh, rest and repair and reflect they would talk about like ghost stories and ancestors past and things like that but it was also darker because it's like the end of the year and so I think people would be like oh yeah it's like the end of the year time to rest and relax and also I don't know if you guys knew this, but like I heard a strange woman, <laughs> a very old woman in the corner telling me a story. She Would you like whispering. to hear it? Yeah. yeah. In my ear. And then I saw a shadow <laughs> demon crawling on the roof. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think they also just didn't have shit to talk about. That's very true. It's like the end of the day. It's dark. It's cold. There's no TV. You're freezing. You've already got 12 kids and there's no birth control. You can't just go fuck. Right. Yeah. yeah. What are you going to do? <laughs> Ghost stories. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's what they did. Beautiful. I love that. Thank you for that fun fact. You know, this is a very educational show. I'm constantly learning new things. Me too. Me too. I'm constantly learning too much. So let me know if I get too off track. Okay. Okay. Let's get into this episode. Allie, have you ever heard of Fairfax, Virginia? I have not. Me neither. I never had either. It's near Washington, D.C. Have you ever been to Washington, D.C.? Yes. In, I think it's eighth grade, there was a trip where you could go to Washington, D.C. with your class. (laughs) 
the whole class got to go. It was subsidized by California state government. We got to go to Washington, D.C. and see like the monuments and stuff. Okay, that's incredible. I'm extremely jealous because yeah, I grew up cool. in Oklahoma. We did not have that. I've never been to Washington, D.C. Because I haven't been there, I kind of just don't understand it. It's not in Washington. Right. It's not in Washington state. <laughs> it's like its own state. So here I'm showing Alyssa a picture. It's on the border of Maryland and Virginia. Yes, I see that. It's like a little red square. Yeah, it's in um, it Maryland. Looks, yes, I was going to say it's in the state of Maryland, but also its own thing. So yeah. And then yeah. I don't I didn't really look into too much about the history of it. But is it called Washington because it's George Washington? I, I would assume. Yeah. Washington, D.C. It's also District, District of Columbia. It's not in Colombia either. It's the, <laughs> literally the most confusing fucking thing. And that's where the capital is, right? Right. And that's that big white building. That's where all <laughs> the big buildings are where people decide our fate. Next to Washington, D.C., there's this suburb called Fairfax, and you can see it here on this yes, map. Yes, I do Fairfax. see that. Next to Fairfax, there's this even smaller suburb called Annandale. Have you heard of Annandale? No, I have not heard of any of this. So picture like three concentric circles. Is that where the circles are getting smaller inside each other? Picture. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it was silent because I don't know when you were saying three concentric circles i thought you were about to say three circles that are overlapping in a venn diagram and so then when you said are they inside each other and then i just got let's really ask quiet. our engineers it's three concentric circles like a big circle and then a smaller circle in it and then a, a smaller circle in that and they all have the same center. Nobody knows for sure. If it's not that, then just imagine that. Imagine I, a bigger circle. Well, now I want to learn circle. concentric circles because now I'm interested. Yeah. Yes, they are circles with a common center. The region between two concentric circles of different radii is called an annulus. Oh. And isn't this place called Annandale? Yeah. Wow, I think this is that's... actually an annulus then. It's a big circle with two more circles yeah. in the middle. Uh, Well, no, it's concentric circles. But the region between the two concentric circles is called an annulus. How many people are still <laughs> listening? <laughs> Here's what I'm trying to say. Yes. Washington, D.C., big famous place. It's next to Fairfax, which is a big county. Within that county is a smaller place called Annandale. Doesn't sound relevant. It will become relevant easier. If you've not paid attention, let me get you to pay attention now with some interesting facts. Okay. At the time of the first European encounter, the inhabitants of Fairfax County were an indigenous group called the Toe, also known as the Doe or the Doge. Captain John Smith himself in 1608 recorded their villages along the south bank of the Potomac River in what is now Fairfax County. Virginian colonists drove the Doge out of this area into Maryland by 1670. Fairfax County was formed in 1742 and it was named after Thomas Fairfax, 6th Lord Fairfax of Cameron, proprietor of the northern neck of Virginia. Okay. The Fairfax family name is derived from the old English phrase for blonde hair, which is Fajfax. Fairfax. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Because we have a Fairfax street in LA. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if it's meant the same thing. Maybe, maybe not. We'll Problem. never know. We'll never know. We'll forget as soon as we leave. The oldest settlements in Fairfax County were along the Potomac River. And George Washington himself settled in Fairfax County and built his home, Mount Vernon, facing the river. Here's photos of George Washington's historic home. It's been rebuilt. Wow. Yeah, it's super nice, right? Long, green, rolling... Uh 
planes. I don't know what's Hills. wrong with me this morning. I like can't think of any words. Don't I mean, need them. There's a large home that looks like maybe three, two or three stories tall. And it has a red roof and it's looking out at a river. Yeah, it looks out over the river. It looks really cool. Oh, I would like to live very pretty. in that house. It's definitely haunted, though. So that house was destroyed by fire immediately after the Revolutionary War in 1783. And George Washington said that the plantation complex was had been deteriorated into ruins. The federal government's growth during and after World War II spurred rapid growth within the county and made the county increasingly suburban. The technology boom and steady government-driven economy also created rapid growth growth and an increasingly growing and diverse population. The economy has also made Fairfax County one of the nation's wealthiest counties to this day. Uh, Based off of everything I just told you, you want to just tell me what you can kind of glean from that about Fairfax? Wealthy. Yeah. I'm just going to say wealthy. Literally George Washington lived there. Yeah. I'm going to say it's probably a lot of like people whose relatives came over on like the Mayflower or something. And it's generational wealth. Old, old money. Yes. That's what I'm, that's what I'm getting from what you're telling me. No offense to people with old money, but they have the worst fucking style ever. (laughs) What the fuck? I hope nobody ever listens to this episode that I know in real life. I'm sure they don't. (laughs) So I went to New York recently to like visit some mutual friends and one of the people there is from old money and does that thing where she wears a sweater tied around like the bad girl shoulders like some bitch on her dad's yacht yeah like we're in the middle of new york city there is no yacht and she's just walking around with this sweater tied around her shoulders yeah like tied a cardigan yeah around her shoulders like like single pearl you know like the little pearl earrings yeah like like, literally the bad girl in legally blonde yes yeah 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 selma blair who was later redeemed but yes. Oh, some of Blair, fantastic. Yeah. But that kind of style. Anyway, that's the tangent. And it's probably judgmental of me, but she was also not very nice. So I, I think it's just like such a great descriptor or visual descriptor of wealth because it's like, I have a woven, very expensive sweater that I'm not even going to wear that I'm just like wearing yeah. as jewelry. You know, it's yeah. not to keep me warm. It's just to totally. show everyone that I have this fucking sweater. Yeah. Or maybe I'm the fool for tying my sweater around my waist when I don't want to wear it. It also shows that you're not working. The working people if you're like walking or you're doing something that you need your upper body for which is most tasks that, oh that's a good you point. have to tie it around your waist I didn't even think of that but that just goes back to my point old money has the worst style because it's more flattering around your waist no matter what you I look agree. like or what sex you are anyways yeah. that's what I have to Do, say no, about that nobody tell me that I shouldn't have made fun of someone for wearing a sweater around their shoulders because she was also not a nice person someone's gonna be like well I'm an amputee and I don't have a waist yeah <laughs> That's really inconsiderate of you guys. You're canceled. Yeah, exactly. Now, within this Fairfax County, there is a smaller place called Annandale. And Annandale is like out there, out there. So Fairfax, like we described, it's very wealthy. It's suburban. It's populated. There's big tech companies there. Also, the CIA is out of there. There's Ooh, the I know, men in black. Sketch, right? Super There's sketch. There's like so many intelligence bureaus and things like that out there. I think that's also where the Federal Bureau of Investigation has their like some of their buildings and stuff out there, too. So basically, it's like a thriving like city, whatever. Now, Annandale is very rural and there's like wide open space. Cases. The census in 2010 said there was only 41,000 people living there. So here's a picture of Annandale, if you want to describe that. It looks 
like like a Thomas Kincaid painting. Yeah. It looks like kind of older looking cottages, but uh-huh. super nice and clean. And then there's just these autumn leaves, like all it's of the beautiful. trees are orange and beautiful blue sky with white fluffy clouds and yeah. green rolling plains in the background. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful. And lots of, yeah, open spaces. It doesn't really look like the kind of place where you would like go rage for a night or something. No, no. If I were trying to rage, I would go to like a major city. This right. looks like a cottage yeah. town. This is a place where you recover from the rage. Right. This is where like Belle from Beauty and the Beast, when she's like going through her little provincial town yeah. and she's like, nobody here reads books. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. This baker is making bread and yeah. he's an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck this place. I just want to read books. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's the t- type of town it is. This place is within Annandale. Pleasant Valley Memorial Park in Annandale, Virginia. Do you know what that is? Pleasant Valley Park. I'm going to say, so Natalia's showing me a preview of a photo and it looks like maybe this would be a historical park that has some old as fuck housing structures on it. Right. Like Pleasant Valley sounds like a really nice place, yeah, right? Yeah. Do you know what it is? Here's the next picture. Uh, Natalia is showing me a brick wall that's going across a green lawn. Oh, oh, okay. It's a cemetery. Natalia yeah. zooming in and I see now that there are, it's not headstones because headstones are the things that come up out of the ground. This is like placards or whatever that yeah. are just like in yeah. in the ground. That's and why you would like place flowers on yeah. it or like a little, sometimes they have like a little vase and you yeah. can vase, whatever, which, which is it vase or vase? I say vase, but vase sounds way cooler. Right. So I feel like let's start saying vase. We can be vase people. Yeah, vase. There are no rules. Yeah, exactly. Let's get sweaters around our necks. Yeah. All right. So that place, Pleasant Valley Cemetery, is... Why why did my voice just do this? Hold on one second. I'm telling you, we did a big ass hike Uh, yesterday in dirt i got scarlett johansson voice all of a sudden let's keep it I think yeah it's, i think it's gonna work for us that's the only good part about having a cold is just <laughs> sounding a little bit sexier yeah 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 what does that say about women like we're more sexy when we're ill when, we, like yeah, when we're weak and sick yeah that's sad okay uh, let's take us back to the week before christmas in 1996 On the week before Christmas in 1996, workers at this Memorial Park Cemetery happen to see something very unusual. They're driving their golf cart around, 9 o'clock in the morning. They've just opened the property, doing the rounds, making sure no animals got into something. There's no trash. And they come across something quite strange. What can you suspect that they find? Something quite strange. And you told me that there is death in this story because that was the trigger warning. So see, like my gut reaction is like an alien. They saw an alien. (laughs) But I'm like, that's probably not. It could be. Jesus Christ. Did you guys hear that in the background? Yeah, that was really scary. That was like a man just fell off the roof. Well, I hope he's all right. Um, (laughs) I'm going to go ahead and say maybe they saw like a person that hadn't left the cemetery the night before Mm -hmm. and they're just like skulking around in the in like the early morning hours. They see a tiny Christmas tree. Eight inches tall. Covered in red ornaments. Gold ribbon. 
Next to that tiny Christmas tree, there's a pair of feet. As they get closer, it's sort of hidden in the bushes, they realize there's a body. A female with freshly coiffed auburn hair, late 50s or early 60s, five foot tall, 157 pounds. Her hair was curly, copper red. She had no identification on her. Wearing bifocals with a translucent frame, a blue all-weather medium Eddie Bauer hooded jacket, large navy blue classiques entier sweater, red extra large sweater of the same brand, a red petite large navy blue knit wool pants of the same brand, okay. knee-high stockings, a white bra, white size 6 fruit of the loom underpants, and black size 7 loafers. Police believed her clothing may have come from an upscale department store such as Nordstrom or Barney's or Saks as Classiques Entier is a Nordstrom brand. Two clip-on earrings and a small gold woman's guest watch with a mesh band. She wore a 14-karat gold ring oh, with wow. four jade stones. She had a medic alert bracelet that stated no code, DNR, no penicillin. Her fingernails were painted red. A green knapsack or backpack that held Jeff Foxworthy's You Might Be a Redneck cassette, a tape of Monty Python in the Holy Grail, two empty juice bottles, a red scarf, and a new roll of masking tape were also found in her backpack. Huh. In her system, she had brandy with a 0.14 blood alcohol level. Oh, so she's drunk. You think? I yeah. thought it has to be 0.2 before you can't you like get pulled over and go to jail. 0.08 is, uh, oh, is well, when you go to jail for DUI. I should be in jail. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, probably, but not for that reason. Yeah. <laughs> She also had Valium in her system. Okay. So 0.14, how drunk is that? I didn't realize it's that. Almo it's almost double. I thought double. that was like one drink. No, that's almost double the legal limit. So four drinks? Because like the legal limit is supposed to be based off of you having two drinks, right? Well, I think it depends on like your weight and size, like how many drinks you can have. Right, and if she's five foot... I, I feel like for me to be 0.08, just because uh, one time at Secret Santa, I won a really sick breathalyzer. I remember that. Yeah, it was great. And then I and lost it at a party, well, a.k.a. someone stole it at a party, and I was so angry yeah, about it. Yeah, I remember. That was like part of your personality was trying to find that. If for a really long time, some <laughs> guy that was super like coked up went to a party where nobody was interested in that sort of thing yeah. and then stole my breathalyzer. And thought he got away with it. Yeah, but I knew it was him. But yeah. also, I never got it back. So did he get away with it? Probably. But that's not the point. The point is, I feel like for me and my size and weight and age, it takes three glasses of wine for me to get to 0.08. Damn. So yeah, that'd be really fucked up. I, so like, she'd be at really this fucked point, up. I have, my tolerance is very low, but I had one beer the other night because I hadn't drank the whole time I was pregnant and I rarely drink now that I have a baby because I'm just too busy right now. Yeah. And I had like one beer and I was like a little tipsy. Like I was like, oh, like slurring my words a little bit and I could just like feel yeah. it. I was like, okay, I can't drink anymore because it's going to be embarrassing. I think it also depends on like what you've eaten that day and you can be drunk and under 0.08. So that's what I'm saying is like this 
chick sounds yeah. like she had like six glasses of wine and or brandy i guess okay yeah. brandy's more alcoholic than wine so maybe she had i don't know three glasses I of brandy and valium have, yeah i doubt you have brandy and valium just to like you know enjoy it it's no. probably more of like i'm trying to get really fucked up type thing yeah but that's why it's confusing to me the outfit you're <laughs> describing to me sounds like literally thomas jefferson's outfit in it like you're like a silk shirt and then like tweed pants yeah with, exactly with knee socks that are right. cream colored i'm like picturing she's thomas really jefferson. well dressed yeah basically and they, with her coiffed hair and like a jade jade and gold ring and a, a gold yeah. watch and and she had they said that she had just done her hair. So I actually didn't know what coiffed meant. I've heard the term many times. You know what it means? When I hear the word coiffed, I picture like somebody who has curled their hair. Right. Like mm-hmm. kind of like a beehive type yeah. thing or like how Marilyn Monroe used to do her hair mm-hmm. like in curlers. It basically just means arranged in like an intricate way. So there's tons of different coiffed hairstyles. But this particular woman had almost like a beehive. You know, and she was like an older woman, too. So I feel like older women kind of copy that same style. She's not from that old. She's in her 50s. That's middle age. They actually don't know. They, some oh, they people don't think know. she was early 60s or 70s. They, oh, oh, okay. Because she had no identification on her. So they kind of just had to go based off of like her body. What she looked like. And that differs wildly based off of your, you know, how well you've taken care of yourself, what your socioeconomic situation is. Totally. And she sounds like and seems like she's kind of rich. So she could have been way older and maybe she had like just, you know, lived a very easy life and just didn't have didn't have a lot of wrinkles yeah wrinkles didn't or have a lot of terror. you know maybe that... she just drank all her meals through uh you know a straw and yeah. so she has no wear and tear on her teeth wow you know it makes me wonder too like too bad that people aren't like trees where you could like cut off someone's leg and read the rings and be like oh they're this old yeah it's really too bad <laughs> i know with like horses you can look at their teeth and yeah. like with dogs it's less exact than with horses but i think with people too you can sort of look at their teeth but i, I don't sure. think it's as exact but, it, but it's like you said like i mean for children i could see that being more the case because right. you could be like oh their wisdom teeth haven't come in yet yeah. or their baby teeth are just now falling out or whatever yeah. to determine age but if you're like a grown-ass woman yeah i don't really know how you could figure that out yeah so <sighs> let's let's keep learning all about right this so woman. thomas jefferson lady hanging out with a beehive yeah she also had an eight inch scar on her stomach possibly from a cesarean section oh. but i'm going to show you a picture of this scar typically modern times when we think of a cesarean section scar it's from hip to hip like yeah. like underneath the belly right above the pubic bone mm-hmm. this particular scar is like horizontal along oh. her stomach you know there are some really old practices like a long time ago where sometimes they would do that but doctors have looked at this scar picture and surmised that maybe it was surgery from like a bowel type thing yeah, like a hernia or yeah something, something or... like that they said it was a little too high for okay. it to be at the womb but also you never know you know maybe yeah. there was like an emergency surgery where they had to like remove yeah. something who knows she was found near the section of the cemetery where infants are buried but oh. not near any particular grave and that section is called baby land that's dark i know it's fucking weird that is but also the whole fucking cemetery is called pleasant valley yeah it's not very pleasant yeah like i think if you were thousands of years from now you're thinking like oh i want to go back in time 
to a place and a location that would be like cool like a good representation of like the 90s in maryland slash virginia and then you're like oh pleasant valley that look you know that can't be i didn't even realize it was a cemetery until you zoomed in i was like i don't know a historical park right yeah i know it's like they're they're a lot of misnomers but what are you supposed to call a cemetery like dark sad place where people come and fucking cry what about like on holidays what about like uh like restful solace cemetery oh yeah you know like that seems more appropriate right but i guess yeah to your point maybe that name was already taken and they're just like well it's pretty pleasant here the views are nice yeah could be maybe they're like hoping to cash in on people who are in hospice who like don't really have all their brain capacity and they're like circle which place you want to be buried yeah and then they're like oh pleasant valley yeah you want to be buried at sad town or yeah. do you want to be buried at pleasant valley yeah i mean if you put it that way i'd choose pleasant valley most of the headstones near where she was found were fairly recent meaning that the children who had died had been buried there fairly recently okay she was found lying dead atop a plastic sheet she had secured oh. a plastic bag around her head and then used mm. masking tape around the neck mm. so that she could take her life by suffocation. Oh, my God. She also was determined to remain anonymous. She went through great lengths to remain anonymous. Like I said, she had no identification. And also, once the bag was removed, she was found to be wearing headphones with a portable cassette player underneath the bag. Oh, my God. What was she listening to? I'm about to tell you. Do you want to take a guess what she was listening to? Jingle bells. No. You want to take another guess? Think about Do you remember the tapes that were in her backpack? Monty Python and the Holy Grail? Was she listening to like a recording of? And that? also Jeff Foxworthy's You Might Be a Redneck. Oh, was that what she was listening to? No. Like, oh, my God. That would be way too haunted. I'd be like, turn this episode this is... off right now if someone suffocated themselves to Jeff Foxworthy. <laughs> Poor Jeff Foxworthy. She I'm would not... just be like, this drove some woman to her suicide. <laughs> that's like, uh, that's very dark. I mean, this is already a dark story, but that would just take it a, a level too far for me. She was listening to a recording of comedians Mel Brooks and Carl Rayner doing a 2,000-year-old man routine. Have you ever heard the 2,000-year-old man no. routine? I'm going to play it for us because I hadn't either. And so let me play it for us. Wow. Listening to comedy while taking your own life. There's some. There's something poetic in Brandy, there. Yeah. Brandy and Valium also. Wow. I like just thinking that perhaps that was just like her everyday like combination. Yeah. She's like, you know, oh, you guys want to come over for dinner? Have some Brandy and Valium. Yeah. So basically to preface this, this is like a comedy routine that Mel Brooks and Carl Rainier would do. And it was like an improv character where he was like this 2000 year old man. So mm. Carl is the straight man and he's going to ask him several different questions. But depending on where they were, like whether they were on like a talk show or it was like for the audio recording or it was like on the news or where, wherever they were doing, it would always be different questions. Okay. Otherwise, people would be like, this Bored. sucks. I already saw this. Yeah. Yeah. Most of us here tonight are here to do comedy highlights of the last 10 years. Well, but the last 2,000 years belongs to Carl Reiner and Mel Brooks, ladies and gentlemen. This gentleman here is one of the phenomena of the world. He looks no older than Mr. Sean, and yet he is 2,000 years old. Is that true, sir? Yes. You want to see my driver's license? No, no. We, we haven't authenticated. The Mayo Clinic has checked you out and said that you are 2,000. Sir, what has kept you alive for 2,000 years? When I'll go in an airplane, if I'll go in an airplane, I'll never sit. 
in the first two seats or the last two seats from an airplane. You mean not sitting in the first two or the first last two seats? Two in the last two has seats. kept you alive? I don't understand that. Why? Has that because kept you alive? Because if the plane unfortunately should take a flop out from the sky, you're gonna go down with it and break your foot. Right? <laughs> yes. But if if the plane as you say, flops out of the sky. Everybody in all the seats will break their feet. I mean, at least. Yeah, let me amend that. Any seat is no good. In other words, you're afraid to fly in an airplane. On the nosy. <laughs> yeah, I see, but why? Because if the good Lord meant men to fly, he would have given them tickets, right? <laughs> Sir, I've always been interested in the origin in the origin of words, for instance, a simple word like cheese, where did that come cheese from? Cheese is a lovely story how we get the word cheese in our, in our vernacular. In the year 28- there was an old farmer, and he, a gentleman, came to his land and said, I'm so thirsty, may I have a little dipper milk? Ah. And he said, certainly, go over to the barrel. He not knowing that the barrel of milk had soured, ah. see? So this poor beggar man came to the barrel and opened up from the top and looked in and looked down and went, cheese! Cheese! That's how the word cheese came into being. It's very onomatopoetic. Yes, and that's the truth. Yes. Now we don't use that anymore. No, no. Now we go in, we say to the grocery, I'll have cheese. You don't go, cheese! You scared the grocery. There's a custom that has come down through the ages. Where did it start? People applauding when they like something. This, this is, this is not. Did people always do that in the old days? Very sophisticated. This little. What did you do in a caveman? When we were excited, we did something primitive and natural. I mean, when we were exposed to our wonderment, we really reacted. I mean, it was. A... But not like this. No, not like that. Well, how did you react? Uh, did you do something? You do something, and I'll show you the old-fashioned applause. You, you sing a little song. I'll show you how when we liked something, we really went for it. Go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. You sing a little song. A high note. I'll give you a high note. A high ah! Did you see that? Yes. Did you see what did you do? Natural reaction. Ah! Ah! Oh! People actually hit themselves oh, in the face. Oh, boy. Wow. That hurts, though. Yeah, you better know it's not. <laughs> but people applaud. Right. And listen, it was a dangerous thing. We could not continue to react to wonderments like that. Because when we had a big star, you know, like Sammy Davis Sr. would come and play the cage. Way back then, yes. You know, not Junior, the old one. Yes. We couldn't, we would hide ourselves when he was terrific. So Murray, the wise one. Yes. Murray, who was he smart? What Murray, did he do? He was smart. Murray said, folks, pull your faces out of the applause. Pull your faces out. And How do you do what do you Could mean? You he went terrific and terrific. And Applause, see? That's, That's how Murray did well, it. Well, thank you very much, sir. Thank you very much. You don't want Wonderful them to applaud by, by doing that. No, don't hurt your faces, folks. Just a simple little clapping will suffice. Thank, thank you. you. So for people who couldn't see what was going on, when he's doing the clapping thing, he, like, took both of his hands and put them on his cheeks and opened his mouth really big. Like, he's making, like, a wow face. Yeah, what do you think about that, that like, little comedy clip? It's very silly, very funny, very old-timey. So Natalia showed me a video. I would say maybe it was, like, four minutes long. And yeah. it's black and white. I'll play it for them. Yeah, and it'll be on at Let's Get Haunted if you want to see it. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, it was very silly. Again... I cannot imagine suffocating yourself to something like that. But I guess I can't really imagine suffocating myself in general. 
So I, I've never tried this, but I'm going to assume if you take a bunch of brandy and Valium, you sh- maybe she like passed out and then she just put the bag over her head so that she would suffocate while she was like blacked out or passed out. Yeah, but then she also duct taped it to or masking taped it around her neck. Yeah, but her hands weren't like tied or anything. If she wanted to suddenly change her mind she could claw and like with her hands and get the masking tape off of her neck or she could break a hole in the plastic bag but what i think happened is that she was really intoxicated and she was like about to pass out and probably put this over her head with like the headphones and then just fell asleep and then never woke up because she like didn't have any oxygen okay you know what i mean it's kind of like drowning except not Uh in water the opposite yeah except for like drowning above yeah yeah on the land yeah wow Wow. that's a really interesting parallel yeah i was kind of thinking like if that okay so that kind of comedy is just like so warm you know it's just so dumb it's like just it's very family friendly yeah and it's just so goofy and silly It, it really just kind of feels like you know just like feels like dad jokes yeah Yeah. it feels like just happy it's like when you go on a tour and the tour guide like says some like really stupid shit and you laugh because you're like that's so bad yeah because you like are trying to just you know be nice to the person yeah (laughs) yeah it's so i don't know i mean i I feel like that's a better choice than like bonnie python or jeff foxworthy yeah well that's what i was saying is i cannot imagine suffocating yourself to comedy but I also can't imagine suffocating myself in general so I don't know like what would be the logical thing to listen to I guess in my mind I think like if you really want to end your own life you probably won't be listening to anything right you're just gonna go and do it yeah but I could also be totally wrong I have no idea maybe this is common and people choose maybe like um people want one last happy memory Mm-hmm. So they listen to something that brings them joy or comfort or, or a sense of calm. I have yeah. no idea. She was also found with two envelopes. One was addressed to the cemetery and one was addressed to the coroner. Both contained two crisp $50 bills and the same typed note, which said, Deceased by own hand, prefer no autopsy. Please order cremation with funds provided. Thank you, Jane Doe. This is very suspicious to me. I'm just like, this is so convenient. Can you imagine like somebody, like a serial killer murders someone. Right. Like, and then prefer no autopsy. Prefer no autopsy. Please cremate as soon as possible. <laughs> Please do not look into me. I have no name. Um, goodbye. This is all very legit and on the up and up. <laughs> that's a, Yeah, that's interesting. I really like that take. These yeah. are things I didn't think about when I was researching this. So it's always nice to have you know another fresh perspective yeah i mean i could be wrong maybe she was not murdered but it just seems like too convenient it does seem like if you were a serial killer and you knew law enforcement wouldn't look into a death if there was a note with the body that was like my dying wish is that no one looks into my death yeah it feels like if you're a serial killer and you don't want to get caught maybe you should just put that note on everybody right right yeah i agree there was also a typewritten poem found with her belongings which said now I lay me down to sleep soon to drift to the eternal deep 
and though I die and shall not wake, sleep sweeter will be than this life I forsake. So she's saying that life has been really tough on her and that through death she can finally rest. Yeah. I mean, like I interpret to that last line that perhaps she's might be like a little religious or she might understand that what she's doing is somewhat sad because she's saying like, I'm forsaking this life, but sleep will be sweeter than this life that I'm forsaking. Yeah. So it sounds like she's had a hard life, right? And that yeah. this is going to be like the best option for her. Yeah. Is the way I'm interpreting it. Yeah. Yeah. But I do recognize that the beginning of that is is a, a religious prayer, to your point. Like, right. now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my the soul Lord's to prayer. keep. Yeah. And if no, I die before I wake. That's not the Lord's prayer. Uh, but yeah, it's like a religious. Yeah. Or is it the Lord? No, that's not the Lord's I went prayer. to an Episcopalian school, which is like, they call it Catholic light, a little more chill version of Catholic, I guess. And I know this from chapel. We would have to say it. It's like, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. And if I die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. Mm -hmm. And this is like not that. This is Yeah, she like wrote her own. She freestyled it. Yeah, you know? she freestyled like she it. Took, she took some um, inspiration yeah. and put her own twist on it. Let me tell you, this woman is an individual. The way that she went out is unlike anything that I've ever no, heard. No, especially with that tiny Christmas tree. I'm interested to hear more about that. Yeah. So investigators looked up this poem and they couldn't find any author of it and they couldn't find any poem of that that was like similar to this one. So they believe that she wrote it herself. Well, they didn't do a very good job because we just made the connection that it's a very common religious prayer that you say before you go to bed. But and it's then not she just exactly did her own. Yeah. And then she just made her own version. Right. It's yeah. not exactly the same. One unusual item, in addition to all the other unusual items that was found, was a Minnie Mouse themed fanny pack. Huh. The pack was pink and very well worn so well worn in fact that it had been mended with masking tape and safety pins mm. and it was very small like a child's fanny pack i'm gonna give you a oh. picture of this now and there's a pencil below it for reference of size oh. okay so natalia is showing me this picture and it's exactly as she described it it is a pink fanny pack i think if you are in the uk these are called bum bags mm. because fanny means vagina in yeah. the uk whereas here it means your butt and it has like a little heart on the front and a little picture of Minnie Mouse and it's super bright hot pink. It does look like a child's fanny pack. And so now my wheels are spinning because you told me she was found in the children's section of the yeah. cemetery. Mm -hmm. May or may not have had a weird C-section scar that isn't like a traditional C-section. Yeah. Did she have someone do a c-section on her like a back alley c-section to get like a stillborn or something out of her and then now i don't know yeah i don't I know mean, my wheels are spinning there could be a lot more i'm going to show you some more pictures um this is a picture of the backpack that she was found with and if you look closely you can see that it says rei which is like an upscale outdoor brand yeah i say upscale because it's like expensive i would never buy anything from there yeah it has a it's so it's a blue it looks like almost canvas backpack blue or gray it's hard to tell on the angle of the computer screen. And then it has a little white tag in the upper left corner. Some called REI. it teal. Some called it green. Some called it blue. Okay. To me, yeah, it looks like a bluish gray. Here's a photo of the cassette. 
player. Yeah, she has a Walkman with her, and it looks like they took a picture of it on the ground because I can see some leaves. leaves. Yeah. Yeah. Here is a picture of all the evidence that they found with her. Just another one. Yeah. Here are the two juice bottles. bottles. And if you look closely, you can see that it is orange juice and peach juice. Yum. Maybe to mix the brandy with. I'm not sure. Yeah. These are her, the jewelry that she was wearing. Yeah. Also very interesting that she was found wearing real gold. So nobody, you know, nobody stole it off of her. Yeah. Well, they were the, so when they found her body at 9 a.m., it was still warm. So oh, she creepy. she had like recently. Oh, that's passed. scary. Here's her C-section scar or scar across her stomach. You want to kind of describe that? Yeah. So what I'm looking at is so imagine a stomach and then the belly button's in the middle, right? This line goes from above the belly button to well below the belly button, like into the pubic region. So yeah. I agree that doesn't really seem like a C-section scar Mm-mm. because your uterus is not that high up. Like no. it looks like it's starting almost just below your ribs or maybe like in between your ribs and Uh then coming all the way down to the pubic area yeah it seems like not like a c-section here's a picture of the christmas tree and also her gold watch oh wow yeah so this little christmas tree it looks like maybe a foot tall and it's green and it has little gold bells on it it almost looks like and then red ribbons Mm -hmm. and it's an artificial christmas tree in case you were wondering yeah oh yeah i should mention it looks artificial here's some photos of what they think she could uh, possibly look like if you want to describe yeah so this looks like a middle-aged uh, woman with like thin eyebrows coiffed auburn hair as natalia described mm-hmm. earlier and she's wearing like a salmon colored shirt mm-hmm. so they have two versions of her they have one version where she's wearing these big glasses looks like late 80s big glasses and then another version of her without glasses she looks like somebody's grandma which is confusing well but you said they don't really know how old she is because i was gonna say if she's in her 50s i tend to think of that as being like not very old Mm -hmm. and this recreation looks like someone in their late 70s to me yeah i mean based off of what i read they said anywhere between like late 50s to early 70s okay um so some people say like oh she was like in her 60s and some people say like she was late 50s some people say early 70s so what they surmise from finding her body and finding all this evidence is that perhaps in the very early early hours of that December 18th morning this woman sat down and she finished a flask of brandy perhaps she was chasing it with the bottles of peach and the bottle of mango juice then she turned on her cassette player she put her headphones over her ears And she began to listen to a recording of comedians Mel Brooks and Carl Reiner doing their 2,000-year-old man routine. After she got settled, she reached into her knapsack and pulled out a plastic bag and a roll of new masking tape. She put the bag over her head and she tied it off with the tape. She then put that same roll of tape back into the knapsack and laid down and suffocated while the tape played. Okay. Like I said, she was also found on that clear plastic sheet in oh, yeah, Babyland. Yeah, the section of the cemetery where infants are buried and then here is a picture of Babyland. 
oh wow it literally has a sign that says Babyland. Mm -hmm. so natalia is showing me a paved road going in between two lawns that have graves on them and on the right hand side there is a green iron sign that says Babyland. Mm -hmm. Then afterwards, around 9 a.m., just shortly after, a few cemetery workers found the body. Okay. They immediately called the police, and then detectives Richard Perez and Detective Mike Headley arrived about 40 minutes later. When the detectives arrived, her body was still warm. As the investigators checked the woman's pockets for identification, they found the two envelopes, one that was addressed to the cemetery and one that was addressed to the coroner with the two crisp $50 bills and the same typed note, deceased by own hand, prefer no autopsy. Please order cremation with funds provided. Thank you, Jane Doe. Detective Perez did several interviews about this particular case, and he said that, in his opinion, she was healthy and well-dressed. He said in an article for the Washington Post that he believed they would identify this woman because she was so healthy and well-dressed. She left so many clues. However, they did not, and they still have not to this day. Oh, wow. And this case really haunted Detective Perez, in much in the same way that I feel like any detective in a movie who like has an unsolved case yeah. is haunted by it. He says that up until he ended up um, quitting 20 years later in the 2000s from this position he had, he was like moved to a different county, I think. So he was no longer the detective that was looking into this case. And he said it still haunts him. And he, yeah. he really wants to know who she was. He said, quote, if she's a drifter. She's the best kept drifter I've ever seen. So a lot of people said, oh, you know, this woman is probably just, you know, some drifter type or someone who's homeless or someone who lives off the grid. And he's like, usually these people who live off the grid aren't wearing clothes from Saks and gold jewelry. Yeah. You know, you know, I would agree with that. And I would say that uh, a lot of people who are like more nomadic uh-huh. definitely don't carry expensive jewelry with them right like there's no reason why you would do that because if you don't have a stable place to live the odds of someone robbing you go up significantly mm-hmm. anyway and then if you're like wearing this like 14 karat gold jewelry with jade stones yeah. even more likely that you're going to be robbed and the fact that the dollar bills were crisp so she she like had went 200 to the bank. yeah she went to the bank or ironed them i know in old timey times people would like really? put cloth on top of dollar bills and iron them oh they're like i don't want to be embarrassed by my yeah. dollar bills yeah Wow. That's so very sophisticated. So either way, she either needs to have access to an iron and cloth and an ironing board. Right. Right. Or she needs to be able to go into a bank and show ID and like be able to pull out money. And if someone's thinking that perhaps she just got her clothes from the Goodwill, I say perhaps, but she was wearing all of the same brands for her under great point. under outfit. And yeah. usually stuff at Goodwill is like a bunch of different brands. It's totally. not all matching. Yeah, you can find some expensive clothes at Goodwill. But yeah, to your point, the odds of you finding like a complete matching outfit from mm-hmm. the same brand, same time period are not very high. Yeah. And the fact that the masking tape was brand new also tells us that she went and bought it before beforehand 
So and also she, the plastic sheet she was laying on, like you'd have to go buy that. Not many people just have like plastic sheets. Yeah, and the little mini Christmas tree. I mean, unless yeah. she just stole it from somewhere, unless she just stole all this shit from I guess. somewhere. It seems to me like someone who went home, prepared, like really thought this mm-hmm. out. She had to have access to a computer or a typewriter or yeah, a computer. Yeah, I was about to say that next. A yeah. typewriter or computer to have that note. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of clues here. Also, if her hair was, like, freshly coiffed, that would mean that she would have to have access to, like, heat tools to do that. And she would have to come from a socioeconomic background in which she had learned to either do that herself or Or she had gone to someone else to do it. Well, and also the shade of red that her hair is, I forgot to mention this, reminds me. Yeah, it reminds me of, like, women who have super gray hair when they get like a lot older and then they decide what color am I going to pick and for some reason they always choose bright red yeah and like honestly it's a vibe and I can't wait or be like yeah I can't wait to be like 90 with my super bright red hair and like crazy cat eye glasses and a big purple hat with a feather boa I can't wait but that's the vibe that her hair is giving off so yeah she needs access to someone to do her hair for her or she needs to have knowledge enough to be able to do her own hair yeah yeah. I don't know how to do my own hair and I'm not, you know, 70. And there's like, we've got all the resources in the world yeah, to show I've us got how to YouTube. do it. It's hard. Yeah. It's very difficult. So it makes me think if she did it herself, perhaps she is a hairdresser or has some experience mm. with that, or she would have to go and pay somebody to do it for her. Yeah. So someone should recognize her. Yeah. Someone yeah. should recognize her. Someone should. So on December 5th, 2000, nearly 22 years ago, the Virginia authorities published an enhanced photo of Jane Doe with computer enhancement done by the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. Okay. Those were the photos that I showed you. And they really expected that, like we said, someone is going to recognize this person. However, no one could identify the woman through the photos. And then they took fingerprints to locate the woman, and there were no fingerprints that were in the system that matched this woman's fingerprints. And police also distributed this drawing of the woman through the local news media. Still nothing. Wow. Cynthia Morrison, who is a medical legal death investigator for the state of Virginia in Richmond, spoke about this case in an article for the Washington Post on December 5th, 2000. In the article, she said, not everyone has fingerprints on file. Yeah. And not every missing person is reported to the police. Just because we have the ability to track people doesn't mean we are going to catch everybody. And Cynthia, in this article, reasons that some unidentified missing people may have been mentally ill or homeless, or they may have been addicts or substance abusers. Cynthia believes that those are the people who are most often unidentified. Yeah. However, it is very strange because this is a case with the body that has so many clues that tell us that this is a person who's not a drifter yeah and perhaps she is a substance abuser you know or some sort of addict 
But she had enough clues on her that suggested that she went to the bank, that she perhaps had a hairdresser, or she had to go indoors somewhere to do her hair. You know, she had to type something. So unless she has her own home, which she's just been holed up in as like a hermit for several years, she should be identified by someone. Well, also, I'm totally, sorry, I forgot about this. The giant C-section scar. Like, I'm sorry, no doctor remembers, like, doing that. That's such a unique scar. It's so giant. Yeah. Like, looks like she had some major intestinal surgery done. And nobody recognizes her. And even weirder, and this is what part of the reason that the detective Perez says this case haunts him so much, is he said that this is a case that's not just skeletal remains. Yeah. This is a full woman's body that was still warm when they found it, hardly decomposed. And somebody should definitely recognize this woman. Like, How did she go her entire life without being recognized? Yeah. Now, I have a post-mortem photo. Um, Would you like to see it? Sure. Okay. I'll show it to you. So you can see that she's not so badly decomposed. No, not at all. Yeah, like um, if you were to see someone in this condition, you would definitely recognize them. That's so sad. Um, yeah, she looks like someone's grandma. Um, it looks like when this photo was taken. Um, I mean, it's so it's so odd looking at postmortem photos because they, it almost doesn't even look human because the life is just totally drained. Yeah, like from Uncanny the Valley. Yeah, but she has the perfectly coiffed, dyed red hair. Um, and she just looks like an average sized, average, I don't know, like average age person. Yeah. She doesn't look like she's, you know, like this mysterious, like lives in a cave, right. like off the grid type well, person. And I think also what I mean by that is like, I'm looking, when I look at her face, I don't see any like birthmarks. I don't see any scars yeah. on her face. So it's, I'm just looking at like an average person. Right. Yeah. So after um, a while, of them finding this body and being unable to have anyone come forward and identify it. Uh, Like I said, they did fingerprints. They, like, researched some of the stuff that she was wearing. They couldn't find anyone to come forward. They also corroborated the case with, like, missing persons cases, or they expected in the next few days someone was going to call in and be like, this woman is missing. Yeah. They never got that, so they started to use some scientific help to identify her. The medical examiners in missing people cases have a standard procedure that helps them to identify somebody. They take a complete set of photographs and x-rays from head to toe, and then they take clothes. They fully document those. They also take finger and palm prints, and they also take a DNA sample. Then a forensic odontologist, who is a specialist in dental science, performs a dental exam and then devises a numeric code that's entered into the National Crime Information Computer. That's entered into the National Crime Information Computer as are the codes for the fingerprints. Okay. Then a radiologist will review those x-rays for distinctive marks or breaks that could tell them something special about this person. Also, a high-resolution photo of those prints is sent to the FBI for closer examination. Okay. And then if the person appears to be from another country, the Immigration and Naturalization Service is consulted. Okay. And still, sometimes, just like in this case, all of those steps produce nothing. Still nothing? Still nothing. 
So like the woman who was saying before that sometimes, you know, people aren't reported missing because there's just for whatever reason. Yeah. Or perhaps their fingerprints or DNA aren't in the system. I know like with me, I can remember being in elementary school and they took my fingerprints. Mm -hmm. Identikid. That was like a big movement in the 90s. Yeah. Now as an adult, I'd be like, fuck no. Yeah. Well, you have to. Snitches happen to me. Well, we have to give our thumbprints now at the DMV. We do. Yeah, when you get when you renew your driver's license, at least in California, you have to give your thumbprint now. You could just give them a fake one. Well, I don't know how you like put a thumb over your thumb. You'd put you would take cut a off someone's thumb. Yeah, you would take put a silicone yeah. cast of someone else's thumb and then put that on your. This hand. is foolproof. Cut off someone's thumb, duct tape it to your thumb. <laughs> go to the DMV, give them that fingerprint, and hope that person never commits a crime. I've just like seen enough spy movies. Like I know this shit can be faked. Like if this woman was like, you know, a spy or right. something. Well, you could men in black your fingerprints, right? Where they burn off their oh, fingerprints. Yeah, like file them away. But yeah. then they would have found that. They would have been like, by the yeah. way, her fingerprints were filed off. Totally. So in addition to drinking the brandy and swallowing the Valium, she had those two empty juice bottles and the new roll of masking tape in her knapsack, remember? Yes. But Perez said, unlike many suicides he's seen before, she had no receipts in her pockets that would enable the police to trace her movements. He said, quote, most people don't think about that when they're committing suicide. Quote, this lady appears to have taken a thoughtful effort to leave us no clue as to who she is. Yeah. And she's got it all plotted out. He also noted that the typed suicide notes and the money for cremation and the plastic sheet on the ground were not similar to most suicides that he's seen. Mm -hmm. He said, quote, I don't think I've ever had another case that's beaten me up like this one, end quote. And anyone who has information about this woman can call the Fairfax Police Department at 703-691-2133. So that's basically all of the information that the police has put out and the authorities rather have put out about this missing woman. They call her sometimes Annandale Jane Doe, the Fairfax Jane Doe, the Pleasant Valley Jane Doe, the Christmas tree lady, and sometimes the Christmas tree Jane Doe. So As you know, anytime something like this happens with so many clues, internet sleuths decide to jump on the case. So there have been some new clues that have come to light that I have found through researching this. There's like lots of people who look into this case. There's like a Reddit devoted to... I'm sure web sleuths is all over this. Yeah. So here's some new clues. So apparently there is a gravesite at the cemetery that she was found at in Babyland of a child who died on December 18th, 1989, about seven years before. Okay. So not really sure. Maybe they're related. We're not sure. But someone looked into it and the grave of this December 18th, 1989 grave belongs to someone named Brandy Ray Ballard, who was nine years old of Woodbridge, which is a nearby area. And her obituary says, quote, died Monday, December 18th, 1989 at Fairfax Hospital. She is survived by her mother, Carmen Ballard of Woodbridge, 
two sisters and one brother, her grandparents. Brandy was a former student at Armstrong Elementary School. And so after reading this, I googled Carmen Ballard, but I could not find her anywhere. However, I found the obituary of her grandmother, of the grandmother of the little girl, Deborah Ann Ballard, who died October 28th, 2001. So it couldn't be her, but it could perhaps be Carmen, the mother of this child. Okay. But in the obituary for Deborah Ann, the grandmother of the child's grave, it says, Deborah Ann Ballard, mother of Denise Barksdale, Carmen, Lisa, and the late Lawrence Ballard, daughter of John and the late Ellistine Wilkins, sister of Audrey Thornton, Cherie Marshall, Kathleen Pack, Cassandra Freeman, and the late Alfred and Wesley Wilkins, also survived by seven grandchildren, one grandchild who preceded her in death, and one great-grandchild, many other relatives and friends. So we can assume that the child who preceded Deborah in her death is Brandy, the child who's buried in the cemetery near where this Jane Doe was found. And she says that she is mother to Carmen, but Carmen is not listed as being survived by her. So perhaps could this be Carmen who's the late Jane Doe? But if it were Carmen, wouldn't it say the late Carmen? Because some of the other people that are listed, it says like the late so-and-so, the late so-and-so, and that it'll say like the names of the people who are still alive. Mm, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't I don't know. This huh. is just me Very trying to figure it out. Yeah. But I don't know. And so I wrote, is the date December 18th just a coincidence? Yeah. Perhaps it has nothing to do with that. Who knows? That's a great like piece of detective work, though, because... There has to be some, if you're planning out your suicide. To that extent. To that extent. That date must hold significance, right? Right. It has to on some level because I, and again, I don't know a lot about um, like suicide statistics and I know there are a lot of great organizations out there. I'm sure a bunch of our listeners know a lot more about this than I do, but it seems to me that most suicides would probably not be thought out. And so the fact that this one was so planned out to the point where she had pulled out money, written Mm -hmm. several suicide notes, like gotten her hair done. Yeah. Planned her outfit. It just seems like that date must have significance because everything else that she did was so deliberate. See, I also had the thought or I wondered rather if maybe where she was found in the cemetery had nothing to do with children. Maybe she just picked that spot because she wanted to be cremated. Remember? And so she was thinking like, oh, maybe if I'm closer to the cemetery, I don't know. Like they're already going to find dead bodies here. Someone will find me. Someone will find me shortly. And maybe she didn't want to be found in a way where she wasn't put together like so totally. she made herself look nice that makes sense for that time you know because I feel like people from that generation were way less casual than we are today like they would not be caught dead like without makeup and hair done unless you know yeah liter- literally would not be caught dead right <laughs> yeah. like she knew she was gonna die and was like okay like this is my like final exit exit yeah people are gonna take pictures of me they're gonna try to figure out who i am they're gonna do all this stuff so i'm i don't want to look bad right yeah 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 i don't know um i also wrote if that jane doe is in fact carmen the mother of this nine-year-old who's buried in the cemetery with the same date of death what about the other siblings that are still alive 
why wouldn't they claim that person? But then I also wrote, perhaps they knew that she didn't want to be claimed. I don't know. know? Yeah. I mean, we talk about on this show, like the worst thing you can ever do, like the way to get a ghost is to not respect the wishes of the dead. Mm -hmm. Right. So maybe if they already knew that she was troubled or that this was her dying wish is what she wrote in her suicide note, that they're just respecting her wishes. Um, Or it could be perhaps she came from a very traditional family and this would be embarrassing to them. Yeah. Or maybe she had a bunch of debt and the family didn't want to claim her because they didn't want to claim her debt. Or maybe she knew that, too, and didn't want that to happen. I don't know. Who's to say? Yeah. So I also found some more clues. Okay. In the comment section of this True Crime Society blog that I was reading about this particular case titled The Sad Case of Annandale Jane Doe. There's a person named Jason D. who commented December 17th, 2019 at 6.57 p.m. Jason's comment reads, Wow, just came across this article on this woman. I found her at Pleasant Valley Memorial on December 18th, 1996. At the time, my aunt was the manager and needed a job out of high school. I and another groundskeeper found her. I will never forget this day. It's sad they still don't know who she is. Thanks for the great article, Jason D. Now, of course, somebody comments like immediately after this. So he commented at 6.57 p.m. At 7.07 p.m., a woman named Liv, or I can assume she's a woman because her picture is a woman, says, oh, wow, Jason, thanks for commenting. Do you have anything you would like to add? Such a sad case. And then at 5.12 a.m., December 18th. So the day, the anniversary after her death. Jason comments. On that morning when I and Donald found her, we were on the golf cart and drove right past her. She was located in the landscape bed next to the mausoleum that is next to Babyland. It seemed to me that she was trying to hide behind the bushes. We walked up to her and she was laying there with a plastic bag over her head. It seemed to be keeping her hair from not getting wet. Mm. I always wonder why she picked that spot. I would understand more if she left her name and passed away on top of a grave. There was no vehicles at the cemetery. There's a bus stop on Route 236 and drops off in front and across from Nova College. My mind wonders about her every Christmas. Thank you again for this article. And then a bunch of people have been commenting under that ever since he made that comment. Just, Jason, I need to talk to you. Yeah, Jason, yeah. will you do an interview? Jason, whoa, right. whoa, whoa, will you come back? And he never said anything ever again. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, so do we believe that is Jay like Jason is real or is it just one of those weird people who like wants who, attention? Yeah, inserts themselves yeah. into a narrative. I mean, it seems like he has a lot of information. He's revealing first names like me and Donald. We were yeah. on the golf cart. Like I always wondered why she picked that spot. I'm going to go ahead and believe him. And yeah. I also think it's very interesting if he is the guy that found her. So he's like searching the night before the anniversary. Like this has stuck with him right. so much that he's like Google searching like Christmas tree Jane Doe finds this article and comments. So it just shows like how impactful this case has been to so many people mm-hmm. that 
you know, X amount of years later. What is it? 20 years later, you said? Yeah. So this was 1996. So more than 20 years now. So 20 years later, he's still searching up on her and remembering her on the anniversary of her death. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, that gives me the chills. I know. I just got like the yeah. those tingly spingles. So we're going to talk about some of the theories that have happened. So my first theory is like the skeptic theory or I, I guess just whatever, you know, the lame theory, which is that <laughs> this is just a random suicide right. and um, it's just, you know, this. some people take their own lives and we can't really understand why they right. do it and uh it just happens right still very sad but like the the simplest explanation right. right and a lot of people have said well this is around the holidays and suicides go up around the holidays that's a good point however i looked into this and did you know that that is a myth that oh. suicides go up around christmas no i did not know that yeah so there was a bunch of articles if you google like suicide christmas myth it'll come up so according to the cdc's National Center for Health Statistics, U.S. suicides, which are more than 40,000 per year and are the 10th leading cause of death, are actually at a low in December and they peak in the spring and fall. Oh, yeah. Huh. So there is like um, more people who end up taking their own life af- uh, like around New Year's than Christmas. Oh. But still, in comparison to the rest of the year. Christmas time is the lowest for suicide. That's really interesting. I did not know that. Yeah, I didn't either. It's weird, right? Huh. Some people have um like been there there's lots of different people who have gone missing who look similar to this Jane Doe woman. They had coiffed auburn hair. They went missing at around the same time. They had similar scars. They were kind of like similar situations or perhaps they went missing around a town that would make sense to this. And a lot of these I looked at because these were just like random comments of people like on the Reddit that were saying like, is it this person? And they like had a link to a missing person. I looked at a lot of those and, and I took out some of them that I don't think could be her for various reasons. One of them I took out because the person who went missing was very, very small. And this woman was wearing large clothing. And so I don't think that it could be her. Um, But there was one that seemed to me like it might be a fit. And her name is Evan Louise Piper. This is her in 1994. See pictures? Oh, yeah, that does look similar. Yeah. So I'm looking at two photos of the same woman, right? That's the same woman? Yes. Okay. The top one, she has that artificial red hair. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like smiling, uh, nondescript woman. Um, yeah. She looks like a grandmother. And then the bottom photo is her with more brown hair, like a more natural color. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that looks like it could be her. It does. So she's been missing since November 30th of 1994, and she went missing from Columbus, Georgia. She was a a white female who was born in 1940, which would put her right at around 80 um, today, right? Yeah, 80. She, at the time she went missing, was 54 years old. Her height and weight was 5'2 to 5'3 and 135 to 150 pounds. That's what people have, like, guessed about her. And they think Jane Doe was, like, around 5 foot. foot, Yeah, 5 foot, 157. Okay. 
And this was a few years after she went missing. So she went missing since 1994, and Jane Doe was found in December of 1996. Okay. So she could have easily gained or lost weight during that time. In this case, it would have been gained weight because this Evelyn is, they said, like, at her, on the heavy side, she was 150, and the body they found was 157. But to that effect, I think it is really hard to just look at somebody and guess how much they weigh. Yeah, I think so, too. And also, like, I'm assuming those statistics are from her like driver's license and I don't know about you but every time I renew my driver's license I put like five pounds lighter (laughs) like I put like a half inch taller yeah Yeah. mine has the statistics that I put on there when I was 16 years old okay and I refuse to believe that I've changed so (laughs) I don't ever update that like I said she was a Caucasian female she had red hair and brown eyes she also had a hysterectomy scar on her abdomen oh I didn't even think of a hysterectomy yeah and a scar on her right ankle as the result of a previous fracture. Her ears are pierced and she wears eyeglasses for reading. The details of her disappearance are as follows. She was last seen by her family members on November 28th, 1994 in Columbus, Georgia. She called her daughter 9 a.m. on November 30th, which was two days after she was last seen. Okay. And she said that she was going out of town and she asked her daughter to pick up her mail. Evelyn said that she was going to Jerusalem in Israel to get married. Oh. But her daughter thought that she was joking because she wasn't dating anyone at the time, oh, to no. her knowledge. The mother, Evelyn, promised to return in one week, but never did. Then her blue 1991 Mitsubishi hatchback with Alabama license plates was discovered abandoned in the long-term parking lot at the municipal airport in Columbus, Georgia, approximately seven days after her last phone call. There was no sign of Evelyn at the scene. There was no parking lot ticket present. There was no evidence that she had flown out of the airport. She has never been heard from again, and at the time of her disappearance, she normally carried a black leather hobo-style purse with a different colored patchwork pieces on it. She was a resident of Phoenix City, Alabama at the time of her 1994 disappearance, and her case remains unsolved. Now, the reason that this one I thought could be Perhaps our Jane Doe is because of how similar she looks in appearance and her like physical measurements. Yeah. Also, the I found it interesting that she said she was going to Jerusalem to marry someone. I wonder if that means she was Jewish. And the fact that though Jane Doe was listening to that Mel Brooks comedy, Mel, the Mel Brooks comedy is like that really old like Jewish humor, like Catskill humor or whatever. Uh-huh. So maybe there could be a parallel between that. I don't yeah, know. A connection. Yeah. Yeah. That's God. Missing person cases just break my heart. And unid- unidentified like Jane Doe, John Doe cases are so frustrating because it's like especially now where we have like genetic genealogy Mm -hmm. going on and people are tracking people through their dna and giving people their names back which is awesome it's just so frustrating to me when there is a case that has so many clues and it's like how do we not know who this person is well also in that case of evelyn who said she was going to marry that person in jerusalem and then disappeared it seems like she really wanted her daughter to believe that she had gone and done that, even if she wasn't, because she parked her car at the airport. But then they said there was no evidence that she flew out. So maybe she would have changed her name or something. But then why would she have done that if she was trying to make it seem like she 
was leaving like right. legit she would have just said her put her name there well and i think and i could be wrong but i think 9-11 changed the way airport records are kept i think we now like that's why like we have to scan our ids now and stuff yeah. i don't think you had to do that in yeah. the 90s right i but mean like, what do we want with all this stupid information yeah right like why do we give a shit you bought the ticket yeah get go. on the fucking plane like yeah. show me the ticket okay great you yeah. bought it you know so i wonder how good the record keeping even was for mm-hmm. determining That's whether or not true. she got she on the might plane. have actually got on the plane yeah. but then if she got on the plane and went to jerusalem she's just never gonna call her daughter again well i'm wondering if she got scammed like unfortunately like a lot of elderly people look i watch a lot of 90 day fiance so i'm kind <laughs> of an expert on them all right like a lot of people that are middle-aged to elderly women mm-hmm. will get scammed by people on the internet who pretend to love them and they're right. like kind of like out of their league normally it'll be like yeah. a super hot like 35 year old man who's like oh uh, i'm like in love with you and i want to, you to come over to yeah. what, x country y country and like meet up with me but then it's not the guy in the photo or it's like someone who's already married uh or it's somebody who like actually has no intention of yeah. marrying you and just wants to rob you or something yeah that stuff does happen on 90 day fiance which as we know is very reliable show and a piece of excellent journalism so i yeah. wonder she could have gone to jerusalem and just maybe nobody ever met up with her because it was a scam or she got jumped or she showed up to some house she thought she was supposed to be staying at right. and people were like who the fuck are you and like took her passport or i mean who knows yeah yeah i who don't knows? know who knows or maybe she went to jerusalem and then she got like an uh some message from the guy quote unquote who was like hey actually i need you to travel to this country because i got like held up in customs and then like right. now she's in a different country and we just don't know or maybe she was just like leaving her family for good because she was like yeah. I'm, you know i'm in my old age and i'm I in just love wanna- yeah, I want to like just do my life and yeah. I don't want to think about you guys anymore. Because that's like a weird joke to make to be like yeah. your daughter's like, oh, you're going out of town. Where are you going? Just going to Jerusalem to meet a man I fell in love with on the Internet. My like, fucking family is so crazy that like that exact it? thing has <laughs> happened. One of my aunts literally went to Jerusalem because she like fell in love with some guy she was talking to on the internet and they like got married they ended wow. up getting divorced but, but shortly it, but after but he was real but he was real wow yeah that's best case scenario for 90 day fiance <laughs> is that like the guy is a real person it just doesn't end up working out <sighs> I feel like I've seen so many things where it's just like my favorite one if you guys are listening to this and you watch 90 day fiance my favorite one is this lady jenny who's like an older middle-aged lady Mm. who fell in love with a guy in india and he's much much younger than her like half her age and she goes there and she and her family's like you are insane like she sells everything like drains her bank accounts like takes her life savings to go to india and move there she gets there and he's like being super sketchy about like oh i don't want you to meet my family or this or that turns out he's married and like what? just was he never thinking? spoiler going alert on the tv show too? yes what was his deal Well, she was i mean i feel like when you're in that deep then like you refuse to let the person go so she ends up being like it's okay that he's married like comes to terms with it it's just his culture they won't let him get a divorce and it's like jenny you idiot 
Right. If somebody wants to get a divorce, they'll get a divorce. I know. Also, yeah. he fucking lied to you. It'd be one thing if he was like, hey, I'm in a super unhappy arranged marriage, but I love you. And like, this is the deal. But he just straight up lied. Yeah. And he was unemployed and told her that he oh, had a job. Wow. And he was like, no, I I had to quit my job so that I could like be with you. It's like, that doesn't make any sense. She's moving to India to be with you. There was just so many red flags. The heart wants what it wants. It, the heart wants what it wants. And I believe they are divorced now because I think he ended up getting a divorce, marrying her. And I'm pretty sure they're divorced now. One last thing before we get into some of the other theories. Do you want to hear about a time that I got scammed very recently? Yes. Okay. So do you, what? Do, do you, I haven't told anyone this because it's too embarrassing. But oh, you I'm know so what? excited. Fuck it. I'm going to tell everyone else because there might be someone who can help me. Yeah. Do you do any crypto trading? No. Like, tr- me neither. I didn't. I was like, that's for fucking nerds. Not going to do that. I just don't understand it. So yeah, I haven't also tried. didn't understand it. Now I understand a lot of it because of, okay. So let me preface this by saying that my fiance and his friends are like into super bro shit, like crypto. And they like all follow these like stupid accounts on reddit where they like pump up these things and then like people like like get money from it somehow or whatever i didn't pay that much attention yeah until until my fiance was like oh yeah like look how much money i made last night off of my wallet my crypto wallet and it was like a 100 bucks or something but like a 100 bucks a day it's a lot of just, money yeah just for, for doing nothing, nothing. Yeah. yeah and i was like oh fuck yeah like i'm gonna do that yeah if i could make like three thousand dollars a month doing fucking nothing wow like, then we'd never have to ask for donations again ever we right? could just have wow yeah imagine that and it obviously it's like too good to be true yeah so i download this like app i like put some money in this account or whatever so it's this thing called usdt which is like this tethered stable stable coin whatever it's honestly so fucking boring basically <laughs> long story short is that you bought crypto i bought crypto but i didn't exactly buy crypto so in order for this particular coin which was like ethereum which is a stable coin it's called a stable coin because it has to be tethered to a real dollar okay so technically all of the stuff that you're trading is actually representative of a real dollar in the same way that a dollar is representative supposedly of like a piece of gold that's somewhere in the federal reserve okay right yeah so it's supposed to like just not be speculation like you're actually like trading money so in order to do that they need to have people who have money like banks so that they can trade this stable coin or whatever so i put some money into an account like a few thousand dollars into an account for the first like week or so like i was like making like a really big return on this and i was like whoa this is great like i could like never have to work again you know yeah and i had like read some stuff on google about how like there could be rug pulls scams or like things where people will put in like billions of dollars to like make the coin worthless and then all of your money is worthless and then they pull it and then your money is like worth something again just like a bunch of nerd shit basically it could be a scam but I was like you know what I'm like making so much right now that I feel like even if it is a scam it's the same as like betting a few thousand dollars on a horse and losing it right like this is fun and worst case scenario it's just like gambling I lose the money you know like it didn't Uh seem like that big of a deal so I was like okay whatever So then uh, a bunch of our friends were doing it and they were like putting in way more money than I was putting in. So I like felt safe about it, too. Luckily, about 12 hours before the account got drained and like all of my money just like got stolen. Cody, my fiance, had like pulled his money from it because he had more money in it than I did. 
because someone had tipped us and been like, hey, that thing you guys are doing, I think it's like a rug pull scam. And like once they get enough money from like all of these random people all over the world, they're just going to drain the accounts. But they're trying to make it look like, oh, you're making money. So you tell your friends and then they'll do it. And then they like get enough money. So all of our friends accounts got drained. Then they contacted the FBI and like the FBI is looking into this because you can trace where the money went to because it's an electrical thing. Yeah. So they can see that like whoever scammed all of these different people all over the world has a wallet that has like almost four million dollars in it and so like the fbi is like looking in to see how they can get this because if the people pull from the wallet then the fbi is going to know who pulled the money so it's like a very weird thing where these like scammers are going to have to figure out how they can get to this wallet without actually getting to the wallet But that is the part of the scam that I'm part of right now. So what I'm saying is that people get scammed all the time. Scams happen to good people. Right? Yeah. Yeah. This lady could have been scammed. She could have been told that there was a Bitcoin wallet waiting for her in Jerusalem. (laughs) She shows up there and someone just bonks her over the head and steals her passport. Yeah. It could have happened very easily. So some of the people who have been looking into this case have come up with a few ideas perhaps about what happened here. Some people think that this woman may have lost a child and she wasn't able to afford a gravestone for the child. I don't think that's true because the woman was so well dressed and yeah, she and had gold and she had gold and, and, and she gold watch. Yeah, etc. But some people think that perhaps she was in this like grief aban- grief state and she abandoned the body at the hospital. Someone who had commented that said that they work with bereaved mothers at the hospital and about once a year they have a child who is stillborn and the parents just never claim oh, the body because they're too painful. It's too painful. Yeah. So they are like, I wonder if it was something like that. And then other people think that she chose Babyland because that was her best guess as to where that child that she didn't claim might have been. Also, they say that that Fairfax Hospital is nearby. So maybe she gave birth there like 20 to 40 years earlier. No idea. Some people think that perhaps she was recently widowed and she may not have had an independent source of income or a driver's license. They also said that perhaps she had no living children and her husband had passed away. So that would explain why she wasn't reported missing and why she might be anxious about the future and have decided to take her own life. Also might be that her husband who recently passed didn't like allow her to grieve for the last child in a healthy way and you know I don't know so perhaps that's part of it also some people say that the scar on her stomach was a cesarean section scar but it appears much larger and then like I said before some people had said that like in old times they had had um, a c-section and they had cut it that way on those people and that was like all the way as recently as 1996. Someone commented, I had my first kid in 1996 and I had an old reservation doctor who apparently hadn't kept up on newer techniques. My scar is hip to hip and it took me two months to be able to sit up on my own. So Yeah, but that's hip to hip, not like rib to vagina. Right. You know? Yeah. And a doctor who looked at that said that maybe she had a tumor removed or there was a medical reason. But they also said that the scar was healed, so it wasn't due to a recent surgery. And some people think that perhaps the child that's buried there isn't necessarily hers and that maybe she could never have a child and those Mm. babies reminded her of that. So she decided to take her life there. Or some people think that she just chose that spot to 
to protect those children or because she felt bad for those children. Some people also think that perhaps she was just trying to hide behind those bushes next to the mausoleum. Yeah. And um, I have one more interesting thing to add that I don't know what it adds, but I'll let you decide what to do with it. Okay. According to Wikipedia, yes, Fairfax County, of which Annandale resides in, is home to the headquarters of intelligent agencies such as the Central Intelligence Agency, the National Geospatial Intelligence Agency, and the National Reconnaissance Office, as well as the National Counterterrorism Center and the Office of the Director of National Intelligence. The county is also home to seven Fortune 500 companies, including three in the Falls Church area, although not located in the independent municipality of Falls Church. Okay, I'm I'm making some connections here. Yeah. I'm like Jimmy Neutron brain blasting yeah, right now with I my green that. tea. Okay, so I still think she was murdered. And I am really? assuming, I'm assuming I'm wrong because... Surely the police would have looked and seen whose fingerprints are under the tape that Uh like was taped around the bag, whatever, whatever. But I just think it is way too convenient to like have all that shit typed out. Mm -hmm. Don't autopsy me. Please cremate me. Don't look into my death. I'm not giving my name. Like it reminds me a lot of the um, story we did on the little boy that was found Um, Yeah, the boy in the box. The boy in the box. And somebody, after we did that episode, some listeners were like typing out their own theories on our social media. And some people were saying, what if this was like a child of like a government agent or like a child of like something involving the government, like experimenting? And that's why he had all those surgical scars and stuff. Mm. And so it makes me wonder, what if this lady was murdered and it was like a government cover up situation where like, oh, we're going to put like these... Um, suicide notes on her and we're going to make sure no one can figure out who she is and we're going to like conveniently like throw all these red herrings in so that people are people think that there's significance to this tape that she's listening to or mm-hmm. there's significance to this location but really there's no significance and we're just making things random enough to ensure that she will never be found out. I mean, that is not the direction that I thought you were going to go in. So, <laughs> but I think that is a valid take. Thank you. Um, when I was talking about the all those like CIA agencies and everything there, I was thinking that perhaps she was like a spy that yeah. was left over from. But couldn't the government murder a spy? What oh, if that's she true. was? What if she was a spy like from uh, like a foreign spy? What if mm-hmm. she came into the U.S to spy on shit and like make her grandma cookies and yeah. like the cookies actually have arsenic in them and she's like slowly murdering everyone in Washington oh, wow. DC and then they find her and they're like you're a spy and they kill her. Oh wow. Think about it. Bet she didn't think of that. Yeah, I de- I definitely didn't think of yeah. that. I well, was thinking case that, closed. that <laughs> I was thinking that because she had such expensive clothing on yeah. and stuff that maybe she was a spy because I feel like they always have like they, they make a lot of money because they're what they're doing is like very right. high risk, but they like can't have a real identity. They can't be ta- like tracked to anything. I yeah. don't know. I don't know either. She had that big scar on her stomach. Maybe she had like a tracking device. Yeah. No. Could be. Yeah. Who's to say? Who's to say? No. But this is this is a very sad story. I hope that someone funds genetic genealogy to get this woman 
her identity back. Um, it's you said they already took her DNA. So hopefully, yeah. hopefully someone out there is already in the process of trying to track down her family tree if they already have her DNA. We should also say that she did not want to be identified. And this raises another question. Is this like fucked up that we're trying to figure out who she is? Do people have a right to anonymity? Yeah. <laughs> Do people have a right to keep their identities private after they are deceased? Well, I guess... I say no, fuck them, they're dead. Yeah, yeah, I mean, right? But also, I think, like, somebody out there is wondering what happened to her, and that person probably lives in agony every day of their life, not knowing what happened to their mother or grandmother. You think... I think they know. You think they know? Yes, I think that it's probably somebody who knows who this is, and they're not coming forth and saying who it is because they don't want to be stuck with the debt, or they don't want to be responsible for whatever it is or perhaps there's something we don't know about them yeah. not wanting to be like maybe that woman is actually uh, is like married happily married with children somewhere but she had like an affair or something and then like she's not supposed to be in this country maybe you know what happened to Evelyn was like she went to Jerusalem and like ended up being happy with someone and like just wanted to delete her previous life maybe that person is like that here she came from another country and delete her previous delete her previous life you know like i don't know yeah Uh, it's definitely like a like a brain twister trying to think like comedy tapes yeah there has christmas tree so i guess okay her letter was written in english comedy tape she was listening to was in english obviously people can be bilingual but it makes me think it's an american person because Uh that comedy is american right yeah you might but also do real like do people who are born in america do we think jeff foxworthy is funny there are definitely people he's so fucking rich there's definitely people that think he's funny i thought For it, sure i thought it was like other cultures being like oh this is hilarious like uh american redneck he's yeah. idiot. <laughs> <laughs> somebody drop a comment below no i think there's definitely americans i think his main base is going to be like working class america right which is not a bad thing there's you know yeah, comedy that, is there's subjective the mo- there's the most of them so if that's your yeah. audience that's great well yeah i'm working class american i just feel like but i mean I'm from also from California, so that type of comedy doesn't really resonate with me. Yeah. But I feel like there's definitely people who that resonates with. And I tend to think she's an American just because of if we don't think she was murdered. Because mm-hmm. if she was murdered, all of this shit is just red herrings to like throw off right. her identity. If she really did commit suicide, then I do think she's an American now that I'm thinking about it. Because that comedy is very American. Um, typing out these letters in English... Um, and there didn't seem to be any like grammatical or spelling errors, at least from what you read to me, that would make me think, oh, this is someone who speaks English as a second language. And again, I recognize that people can be fluent in multiple languages, but it just seems like, it just seems to me like the, all of the signs point to someone being an American. The thing that confuses me is that she does appear to be well-kempt, as you said, Mm -hmm. and have access to money. She has gold jewelry on that was never stolen. So, you know, hair recently washed and done. She she also had that medical bracelet that was like, do not resuscitate. Good point. But also no penicillin. It was like... Uh, if I something happens, I, I want to die, but I'm but not also gonna I'm push allergic. It. Yeah, yeah, I'm allergic <laughs> to penicillin, so if I am in trouble, don't give it to me. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. So, 
I, somebody has to know who she is. There has to be some medical what records. What do you think about her. the that Mickey Mouse bag being Minnie Mouse bag being that? With her. That makes me think that she knew somebody in that cemetery that had died because that's a children's bag. Yeah, but I mean, like I carry around like children's shit because I think it's like cute and kawaii, like little like Japanese yeah, but, toys and stuff. But are you gonna be somebody wearing like old money clothing and like super old fashioned hairstyles and like no. Ch- Thomas Jefferson? clothing with knee socks and then also have a bright hot pink Minnie Mouse children's fanny pack on you just because you think it's a fashion statement you know let me tell you about my late grandmother rest in peace grandma Carol she was an amazing woman she did not give one flying fuck (laughs) she would leave the house like wearing whatever the fuck she wanted she would wear like big Snoopy t-shirts like out to IHOP right she would wear children's clothes she would wear whatever the fuck she wanted because she that you know she was like nearing the end of her life and like just didn't give a fuck right you know yeah but this lady <laughs> gave a fuck is my right, point she's yeah. wearing like first of all grandma carol sounds amazing yeah hell yeah like i said can't wait to be 90 years old hopefully i get there and have just like super bright red hair a giant purple hat and an oversized snoopy shirt and i hop <laughs> at three in the morning god i hope that that is me in the future but this lady is like wearing like a silk blouse right. and like a tweed pants and then also has this backpack which to me i carry a backpack i have Mm -hmm. a backpack with me right now but i'm not wearing like if i were going to be wearing like my sunday best yeah i'm not going to be carrying my nancy drew backpack with me with my mini mouse fanny pack in it i don't know right unless unless those items are of personal significance to me and i want them with me when i die well she had mended that Minnie mouse with masking tape so so perhaps she had brought it with her and and mended it with the masking tape before so it does seem significant it seems significant right like so that makes me think that the child loss theory could hold some relevance yeah, this I, is this is a brain twister. I tell I you know, what, it really I'm gonna be t- thinking of of this for the rest of my life, probably. So thank you. Yeah, just for, like everyone else who comments on that. Yeah, yeah, because I like I said when we did the boy in the box, that shit has stayed with me ever since I heard of it. Yeah, and I think it's just because it's so frustrating right. knowing that someone was in so much pain mm-hmm. prior to death, whether they took their own life or were murdered. In, in the case of the boy in the box, he was murdered. Yeah. In this case, she may have been murdered, maybe a suicide. It doesn't really matter. In both of those cases, both of those people were clearly in significant pain before they passed away. And it drives me crazy that they don't have their identity. That's another theory I didn't think of. Maybe she was sick, like had some sort of like terminal illness. It could be. I mean, would they have found that though? In the But they, wait, did they do an autopsy? Autopsy or did they not? Because they, they, I don't, I don't know if they did an autopsy, but they like did all those X-rays and took DNA and shit. That sounds okay. very autopsy-like. No, right? they must have done an autopsy because they knew she had bourbon and, and valium, valium in her stomach. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Unless they took blood samples. Even that's part of an autopsy, though. So then, yeah, she had an autopsy. Yeah. Yeah. How'd they know it was brandy? Wouldn't a blood test just show your BAC? It wouldn't tell you what brand of alcohol you had drunk? Some mysteries we'll never know the answers to. Maybe the juice boxes were full of brandy. Because if you guys are are picturing like an actual juice box in your mind, that is incorrect. These were like Yahoo bottles. Right. Like Like glass glass bottles. From 7-Eleven or some convenience store. So maybe she had put brandy in that and they were able to test the inside of the bottle and figure out it was brandy. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Um, so many questions it's so sad we'd thank love you to for know telling me about yeah. this yeah you're thank you i had never welcome. heard of it 
Yeah, me neither. And I was like looking for a fun Christmas episode. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> to just really get us started in the holiday yeah. spirit. So wow. Merry Christmas, everybody. Wow. This is fucked up. <laughs> and somebody, if, I'm sure there's like a lot of smart people that listen to this podcast. Tell us if you guys have found your own theories on this. Had you heard of this before? Mm -hmm. Do you have any suggestions for how to get it solved? Like, who the fuck do we donate money to to be like fucking DNA search this bitch and tell us who she was? They did DNA search her, but she's not in the system. Yeah, but do do genetic genealogy. Right. Yeah. Like her, her own DNA is not in the system. OK, but you can submit it to GEDmatch and figure out who like her distant relatives are and work backwards on the family tree. And then you get haunted because she didn't want to be. That's true. She didn't want to be discovered. Man, what a moral conundrum. First of all, I guess I want to know. I have questions for the audience. One, do you believe she committed suicide or do you think she was murdered? Two, do you think her her cause of death would make you change your mind about whether or not we should seek her identity? Because if she was murdered, then that letter's planted and we need to figure out who the fuck she was. Right. If she really committed suicide and we believe in respecting people's final wishes, do you think that it is morally ethical or ethically moral to go against her wishes and figure out who she was? Last thing. Do you think that perhaps she's not being claimed because whoever knows who she is doesn't want to claim her yeah. for whatever reason? And for whatever reason. And if you know of a case of someone not being claimed that where people knew who they were, let us know why they weren't claimed. Yeah. So we can very understand interested. more. Yeah. Do you want to do our sign off? Yeah. Um, let me think here. BRB, got to go coif my hair before going to IHOP at 3 a.m. Oh, yeah. lovely. Bye. On a summer night, Douglas Wagg Jr. lay motionless across a strip of railroad tracks before being struck by an oncoming train. I'm investigative journalist Delia D'Ambra, and my investigation into exactly how Doug died took me into the depths of a bizarre mystery. It was really hard to understand what was fact and what wasn't. A mystery that has led me from one suspicious death to another. Listen to CounterClock now, wherever you listen to podcasts.